from the center of the universe and the home of your Grey Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts. It's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos pregame walkthrough brought to you by Something in the Water Brewing. My name is Ben Grant, joined as always by JB as we get you set for the matchup that everyone's been waiting for, everyone's excited about, but everyone may be a little disappointed as some of the some of the news broke today. We'll go through all of that and what's going to happen this Friday night when Toronto takes on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Before we get into anything, I want to tell you about our title sponsor, Something in the Water Brewing. I've got my Colonel Troutman uh, beer mug next to me. Uh, and you can still get one of these one of these barrel mugs from Something in the Water Brewing. They're located in Liberty Village. It's an excellent mug. Fill it up with some Longboat, the beer made for fans of the Double Blue. It's a perfect combination, Longboat and the Longboat mug uh, with, uh, with the good kernel uh, on the side. So you, you can't beat it. Make sure you get down to Something in the Water Brewing. It's a great place to go pregame. It's right next to BMO Field. And it's just steps from Lamport Stadium. It's actually a great place to go right after practice as well. We had a lot today, JB. Most of this is going to be talking about the quarterback change that seems to be happening this week. Cameron Dukes getting the start against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We'll talk about that and some of the rest plan for the Argos this week. We'll talk about Kerry Underwood, who is going to be performing Friday night Grey Cup week as part of the Grey Cup festivities. That's huge. Plus, we've got injuries, the game preview, OCDC, one thing, predictions, put me down for 20, and CFL picks. All that and more coming up on this episode of the X's and Argos podcast. So, JB, today it was reported by Matthew Shinetti that Cameron Dukes is going to be starting for the Toronto Argonauts <laughs> this week. Uh, and people went bananas. Uh, the West Coast, especially uh, Winnipeg, was upset because you know Winnipeg fans wanted to see Toronto at their best because I think they wanted to see how the Blue Bombers measured up. I think general fans of the CFL were looking forward to a great game. This one's been hyped for a long time. It's the only meeting of the year between the two teams. And then the rest of the West was really hoping, I think, that Winnipeg would suffer a loss. BC especially, because, you know, they only played Toronto once, but they played Toronto early in the season and Toronto uh, took their lunch money in that one. I think they were hoping that they might do the same to the Blue Bombers, making their journey easier. But uh, yeah, uh, what do you think about the move? <laughs> well, I'm I'm always in support of things that are going to troll our our friends to the west. So I'm 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 behind that. Um, I, I'm to my part of me was looking forward to the matchup and to kind of you know have a heavyweight fight. And here are two teams that are fighting, um, you know, for for sort of the top of power poles, if you will. But then when you look at it, like who cares about the top of the power pole? Um, there's not really any advantage to to showing Winnipeg anything at all. Um, you know, Winnipeg's coming off a bye. Winnipeg's at home. Um, you know, everything is in their in their favor. Uh, if, if you would, ha- you could only beat them if you pulled out new things. And then what would be the point? It doesn't help your seating. It doesn't help. There's literally nothing you could point to that it helps. So from a professional football point of view you have to treat this game like an exhibition and we'll get into that a little bit later when we do the game preview we'll talk about some of the things we do want to see like what toronto can glean from this because i don't think i don't think it's a wasted exercise for toronto 
I think it's a little bit of a wasted exercise for Winnipeg, but I think they'll, you know, they got a pretty good chance of collecting this win, which is important to them. They're in a battle right now with BC, but we'll get into some of that in our game preview. In terms of Cam Dukes, this is this is really important for him. It's really important for the Argonauts as well. They need to see what they've got in Cam Dukes. They had they got three quarters or almost three quarters of him in Calgary. It didn't go that well, but remember that was a situation he wasn't expecting. He wasn't anticipating getting playing time. Chad Kelly gets hurt early in the second quarter. Dukes has to go in. It's a tough place to play. It's a, a, a situation he wasn't anticipating. A lot that was not to like there. And so, yeah, he didn't look good. This is different. Um, he, I don't know how long he's known about this for. It may just have been today, but he has some advanced notice. They can prepare a game script that caters to his strengths and his skill sets. And if he goes out in this game, and that's, it's a huge test. The Bombers are, are a very, very good team. We've seen what they've done to other quarterbacks. Like, look, think of the, the Banjo Bowl game where they put up 500 points on Saskatchewan and, and just completely decimated Saskatchewan's offense. Like, we know they can do that. And so this is a great test for Dukes to see what he can do in these conditions in a hostile environment. Because the hope is you don't need Dukes all year long. But what if... You get to the Grey Cup and something like last season happens where McLeod Bethel-Thompson goes down. Chad Kelly has to come in. Chad Kelly had one game of experience and like 10 other plays the whole season, like you know, kneel downs and a few other sneaks and stuff. But it was it was the one whole game he had against Montreal, which prepared him for that situation. Now, Chad Kelly is a great quarterback. Cam Dukes, we don't know much about yet. We've got to see how he responds here. But it's huge for him. Do you think there's any way that if this doesn't go well, that now the Argos have to start thinking about, okay, we need a, a different plan B. <laughs> yes. Do I think that's possible? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I've been I think I've been pretty clear on that. Yeah, no, I guess I I, I kind of knew that when I asked the question. But I think I think we still need to see Brian Scott as well. I'm hoping they both get a game. That seems to be Coach Dinwiddie's been he hasn't been clear on this, and I I don't really blame him. He doesn't have to be, but when I'm piecing together different reports and what I've heard as well, it seems to me like you're going to get two games in which Chad Kelly doesn't start. Um, now, it doesn't necessarily... Coach Dewey left the door open to Chad Kelly playing, even in this game. He said it's... He sort of alluded to it being possible that Chad Kelly would come in at some point. I've interpreted this as... Chad will dress, but would only be used in like an emergency situation. I've heard people talk about it being like a pregame uh, or sorry, preseason scenario where maybe you have Chad go for a series and then the other guys come in. But I, I don't think that's what's going to happen this week in Winnipeg. I really do think this, even if Chad dresses, I think it's going to be a, a rest game for Chad Kelly. And you would only see him if if it was an emergency, something of that nature. So... That's my read into this, but I don't actually know. This is me guessing based on putting these different uh, different pieces together that uh, that people have been able to get out of Coach Dinwiddie. Uh, I think it's I think it's smart. I, I would not have started Chad Kelly this week for two reasons. One, he, you can't risk getting Chad Kelly hurt. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense. I know it's a risk every time you step on the field. Blue Bombers defensive line is is uh, tough. Winnipeg 
is a really tough place to play as well. And that affects the offensive line because they can't hear. So you're going on, you know, you're you're basically go, going silent counts. Your, um, your timing's not great. You don't have the same edge that you do when you're at home. It's way easier for there to be a miscommunication and take a sack. And so all those things considered, I, I think this is a good time to sit Chad Kelly. Um, the other thing is that if you, if you want to sit anyone on the offensive line, you, then you also have to sit Chad Kelly. You, you're not going to put Chad Kelly out there with three or four backups on the offensive line. There's no way that happens. And if you're trying to cycle through everybody and get everyone on the team rest, that includes the offensive line, then those have to coincide. So I don't know what the dress list is going to be like for the offensive linemen this week. I would not be surprised if you see... Guys like Gregor McKellar, for example, getting a start. Maybe Shane Richards getting a start. Things like that wouldn't surprise me. I think that's going to that's going to coincide with Chad Kelly getting a rest as well. Yeah, it, it's a terrific opportunity to to let twos and threes get a chance to play in an incredibly loud, incredibly competitive environment, so that you're not just getting a look against you know Edmonton in the final week where nobody's even watching. But, you know, this is going to be, you know, incredibly loud. You're going to have to deal with the, with the crowd. You're going to have to deal with the, the elite ability of Winnipeg. Uh, it is an incredible cauldron to test your twos and threes to see. Maybe a three is a two, or maybe a two can be a one. So it is, a, I think, a perfect uh, scenario. You just have to make sure that you, you know, you, you put away what you don't want broken before you go experimenting. Because I think most of the ones will play. I think you, we talked about this last week. You sort of have to, just even for salary cap reasons, but practically you can't just sit all the starters. It doesn't work that way, uh, not no, with the roster if, size. I agree with you. If you want to roll in some some offensive linemen and get, you know, get a sense of, you know, really get, get some really good film on them in an incredibly loud environment with, with really talented opposition, it, it's a very... I think that's very useful as a as a team that's got championship aspirations. And what I have to say to to like fans of teams that are upset about it, like like Lions fans that were that were getting upset uh, on social media today, it's not the Toronto Argonauts' job to make your season easier. Like they have earned this right. They went twelve and one in their first thirteen games. They've earned the right to be able to do what they please down the stretch it's not their fault that other teams are still having something to play for it's not their fault that other teams have have no, four I mean, or five six losses it's, it's their job to make vernon adams look not very good and they did their job yeah no and and now their job is to try and get to the gray cup and then try and win the gray cup so this is in their best interest um i was talking today on this is sort of an aside but i think it, it ties into like what we're talking about i was talking today uh, on uh, on CFL this week, uh, we were talking about whether or not resting Chad Kelly would hurt his his uh, MOP chances, and I think that is one interesting thing to think about. But uh, you know, whether it will or not, that that's secondary to winning a Grey Cup. Like awards, individual awards are secondary to winning a Grey Cup. Records are secondary to winning a Grey Cup. What matters most is winning a Grey Cup. And so if you have bought yourself this time, the freedom to be able to put guys in as you please over the final six weeks of the season, you take advantage of that. You do whatever would give you the best chance of winning it at the end. Uh, and if that doesn't include winning awards, records, honors, 
so be it. Um, that they're less. Yeah, important. I mean, uh, certainly, I think most quarterbacks are that way, and I, I, you know, I certainly don't have any sense at all. You know that that's the kind of thing that that drives uh, Chad Kelly. He wants to, like I'm sure he would love to like everyone wants to win most outstanding player no question of course he wants to win it but I think he wants a great cup ring more there's I, I don't think there's any question about that he wants the team to win and if that means uh, sitting out a couple of games down the stretch if that gives him a better chance I'm sure he'd be in favor of it uh, no player wants to sit but I think he would understand the situation here yeah and you know most coaches will tell you that it is always hard to beat a team twice in a season. Uh, you know, unless that team is Hamilton, obviously. But for most teams, you don't want to to beat them the first time if you plan on seeing them again in the playoffs. Um, it's just one of those things that is just mentally way better to prepare against a team you've lost against. And don't think for a second they won't be trying to still win. It's just that it's way harder with Cam Dukes at quarterback than it is with Chad Kelly. Once they're out there, like the guys are, once you're on the field, you can't, you can't not, you know, you can't turn it off. It doesn't work like that. And, and Dinwiddie will be like that too on the sideline. He's not going to be able to shut that off too. Once the game starts, it's on. They're going to do everything they can to win. But it's, you're, uh, you're setting yourself back a little bit because you're not starting your best player. One of the best players, if not the best player in the entire league isn't out there for you. Then, yeah, you're at a huge disadvantage against one of the best teams uh, in the CFL. Let's get into the rest plan going forward. So let's assume Chad Kelly doesn't get into this game at all. Uh, are you wanting Brian Scott to get in here too? Are you hoping he gets a quarter, gets a half? Like what, what's your plan for for how you run quarterback for this game? Because I'm assuming Chad Kelly's going to play most of the rest of the games. Maybe he takes one other game off. How do, how do you manage the quarterbacks uh, if well, if knowing what you know for Friday? Well, I would say my plan is not to watch the second half. But um, yeah, I, no, I don't think so. I think I would just let Dukes play the whole game. I think you're... You're trying to find out, do we have a backup? And uh, you may be trying to find this out before the trade deadline. And I think you let him play if you can. I mean, if it if it just is not completely imploding, I think you you give him the whole game and, and you see what you have. Do you give Brian Scott a different game? Yeah, like uh, soccer? <laughs> no. Like no. down the stretch, like do you give Brian Scott like the... <laughs> Yeah, um, well, he the Ottawa the game, Edmonton, for example, the Edmonton Memorial um, uh, week week nineteen special. Oh, and the the last week of the season, uh, Ottawa. <laughs> yes, in, in yeah. Ottawa. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He can he can have that, and you know, I think that'll be that'll be fine. I think that's why I, I do think that's actually probably what they'll do. That would be my guess is that Dukes plays. I would say Dukes will probably play this whole game. I think Brian Scott probably gets half of that. Uh, week 22 game or whatever it is and and uh, Dukes gets the other half that that'd be my guess but yeah I don't I don't know any any more than that and I think those are the two weeks that you can get rest for your offensive linemen and I think it won't be all of them I think they'll kind of rotate that through but over those two weeks hopefully they can get at least one rest week for each O lineman uh, in terms of the other guys uh, they're still cycling through rest periods. We don't know how the roster is going to look on Friday night. We don't have depth charts yet. They're not out for, for another day. Um, but I would imagine anyone that's banged up at all gets an automatic rest. 
and they'll continue to cycle some guys through. So I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, a linebacker here, a lineman here, uh, a defensive lineman here that's that's not dressed, that's just on the one game uh, to rotate that through. Because I think that I think that's sensible. That makes that makes perfect sense to me. Kerry Underwood, uh, JB, that is a that's a big name for the CFL to get for Grey Cup week. It's not the halftime show. It's part of the Grey Cup festivities Friday night at uh, I don't what's the new name for Cops Coliseum? Um, uh, I've got it here somewhere. Uh, the Hammer oh, Dome. The, the, it's not the not the Hammer Dome. It is you're sassy uh, for this podcast. Uh, it is the First Ontario Center, <laughs> not the Hammer Dome. Yeah, First Ontario Center. So she's going to be performing there uh, Friday night uh, prior to the Grey Cup as part of the um, as part of the uh, built in the hammer gray cup music festival um yeah huge name uh, a surprise that she's not the <laughs> halftime show like what does this mean to you uh, well uh, what does it mean to me well I, I i wouldn't say a lot um you're not a carrie underwood fan no i'm you know i i do enjoy her her sunday night song on nbc <laughs> um yeah i'm not i'm not much for for country music uh but i mean she you know she is a big name i mean last year's halftime show i thought was a little underwhelming uh for me um i i can't imagine there's much money left in the kitty <laughs> for a halftime show um you know after bringing her in unless you know they've arranged some sort of tax break arrangement um because i would assume that she is being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars um so yeah it's interesting i mean i i hope i do hope they have a canadian band i mean i am certainly in favor of that i think the gray cup should have a canadian band uh at halftime i I am a believer in that i don't i don't like when they bring in american bands and or like random american bands simply because they're american i i do i do hope they find a canadian act um, I would assume the Arkells will be around. Maybe it's a little too on the nose to to have them uh, for the Grey Cup, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like I'd like them to find uh, some kind of uh, you know all star Canadian band, maybe you know, kind of think outside the box. Uh, it doesn't. The Canadian thing doesn't matter to me that much for the halftime show. I just think you want a good halftime show, and I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Carrie Underwood because I, I like you. I'm not a fan of country music, but. I love that they've got a big name because it's we've seen so many efforts in the past where it just the entire fan base felt like the league fell short. And no matter what happens in any CFL news story, there's a already going to be a portion of people that knock it and that that look to for reasons to rip it. And even with Carrie Underwood, there are going to be people that will be like, well, why isn't she doing the halftime show? Or, you know, that's not, you know, that's or, or that whatever the halftime show ends up being is going to get mocked. Um, I think you can only look at this as a win for the CFL. I think this is a good news story for the CFL. I don't think there's, I really don't think there's any way to look at this one negatively. Unfortunately, there will be a negative spin on it when the halftime show is announced because it likely will not be anyone anywhere close to the star power of, of Carrie Underwood. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I think that'd be great if they could, but I, I just don't see that happening. And so if they go your route and it ends up being a Canadian band or a collection of Canadian musicians, great. That's fine. I, I just want to, I, you know, I want to look at the positive side of this and uh, applaud them for being able to get Carrie Underwood 
and whoever they find that can suit um, the, the Grey Cup halftime show works for me. All right, let's get into injuries this week. Uh, not too many this week, but that doesn't necessarily mean a lot from Toronto's perspective. Winnipeg is remarkably healthy, and I guess maybe that's not a surprise coming off a of bye week, but, but they, just to add to what we've been talking about, like they're ready to go for this game. They have been oh, thinking yeah. about this they game. Lo- they lost to Hamilton. I mean, t- no, they're, there is no better time than to not engage uh the tiger that is the blue bombers right now yeah they're they're gonna come out on fire so jackson jeffcoat went full today um uh, hansen was full lawrence was full sean was full like all these guys that um that had uh various different injuries uh seem to have recovered and are ready to take on the toronto argonauts little different on the argos side although i thought there was some really good news to see that both jared brinkman and isaiah cage went full today i think that's huge nice yeah, yeah, so like Brinkman was so, so missed in the middle in terms of his run stopping ability. He's, he's one of the most gifted run stoppers in the CFL. Um, now, will he go against Winnipeg? That's a, that's a tough question. If they feel he's ready, I would put him out there because he hasn't played in weeks. He needs time and he's not like a CFL vet, right? Like he he came in right at the end of last season and then and then dressed for the Grey Cup and was was sensational. Like he needs time. So if he can go, if they if they're not worried at all about a reoccurrence of the foot injury there, then you get him out there against Winnipeg. What a great test. Uh you're not not like wading into the water. You were diving in head first here. Um Isaiah Cage, I would wait on. Now he went full, he's got that hamstring injury. I would not put him out there this week. Now, uh, when McManus was limited with an ankle, get him out. Um, even if he can go full, I'm sure he'd be able to. He hurt the ankle pretty early in last week's game, got taped up, limited in practice today. For me, no, sit him, let him rest. He's too important. He was the best player on the field last week, I think. And so get him some rest. Uh, AJ Olette went full. I think he will be back this week. I don't think they want to give him two weeks in a row resting. Uh, Jamal Peters was limited with a groin injury. I would sit him too. Cam Phillips didn't practice with a groin injury. Out, sit him. Uh, Shane Richards went full. I would love to see Shane Richards um, get a start on the offensive line or at the very least get some playing time. So that's basically my recipe for this week. If you are on the injured list and you are not full, out. And if you have a, if you're recovering from a soft tissue injury, out. Let it, let it sit for another week. Game preview, JB. Uh, how do you tee this one up? What is your, what does this game mean? Uh, what do you hope to glean from it? Like, what, what's the what's the takeaway? What's the best case scenario for Toronto? I think the best case scenario is that they find somebody who was a two who 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 might be able to step up and be a one at either in the secondary or on the offensive line. I think that's the best case scenario is that you you discover a little bit about somebody when they're given, you know, sometimes you give somebody more playing time and it's okay. That's not for them. But sometimes, you know, you know, look at like a player like Stiggers where he was given more and more time. And then just simply the more time they gave, the more he ate it up. And um, I think that kind of scenario, if you could discover somebody who, who really blossoms with a little more time, I would, I think that would be a win. There are a lot of players who don't look good in practice or don't look as good in practice as they do in games. And sometimes it's those guys that stand out on a night like this. A guy that really hasn't had an opportunity to shine 
coaches see him in practice and they're like, yeah, yeah, he's fine. But well, look at look at Neil, right? I mean, you know, he was given an opportunity and you know just flat out took it. And now I think he he can't be ignored. Yeah, although Neil had a great training camp as well. But yeah, no, like exactly it. Like he may not have gotten a shot if if Curly doesn't get hurt. Maybe he only plays in yeah. one game all year. He definitely, like, he definitely doesn't get a shot. He definitely doesn't play over him. Right. So yeah, you're, you're right. And that's that's something that we may see. Maybe a couple of those guys. For me, like what I'm hoping Toronto uses this as is a data collecting session. I, I want them to I want them to test Winnipeg with a plan test them to see how they respond to a variety of different situations i think you have to we don't know if winnipeg is going to be there in the end at the gray cup history tells us they will they've been in the last three and they are in first place in the west and they have looked like the best team in the west all season long so i think you have to assume that they will be there and if they're going to be there, then use this opportunity to your advantage because you you hold all the cards. Like they they need to win this game. You don't need anything. So collect data, run out a billion different formations that you can see how they line up against. That you can see what they do. Run a, a ton of different motions to see what that motion triggers, how they respond to different motions. But then ultimately, run vanilla offense and defense don't show anything that you actually plan on using down the road because there's no point there's there's no nothing to gain from that unless you're trying to mislead or or misdirect which you know i actually i'm kind of a fan of that but um but that's that's what you can get out of this game and like you said if a couple of these guys shine you're like hey this this guy could actually step in this guy might be a two instead of a three or might be a a one instead of a two awesome uh keep that keep that churning it's time for OCDC. OCDC is brought to you by the Business Barbershop and Spa. They invite you to experience Etobicoke's premier licensed men's grooming lounge for hair, face, and body care, celebrating 10 years in the Kingsway. You got to check out the Business Barbershop and Spa. It's the greatest place to go to get your hair cut. It's right on the subway line. It's, it's just uh, in, in the west end of the city. Uh, Etobicoke, Royal York, and Bloor. You get off Royal York Station, it's right around the corner. Fantastic place to go get your hair cut. You, you've got to try it out. Trust me. Visit the Business Barbershop and Spa, and you can check them out on their website. Just if you look up the Business Barbershop and Spa, it'll come up. It'll be your first hit. JB, let's get into this. I'll go first with the uh, Winnipeg offense. So strategically, I, I think for Winnipeg, what I'm planning for is, you know, I, I come into this game not knowing exactly what I'm going to see from Toronto's defense, but I know they're going to be missing some pieces. I also feel pretty confident if I'm the Winnipeg offensive coordinator, like, like we've got an edge in this game. And so the way I'm going to come into it is actually pretty conservatively. I'm going to let my players beat their players, and it's not going to be so much about trickery or or X's and O's. We need to win this game if we're Winnipeg, but... We don't want to show too much. We know Toronto's not going to be showing anything, but remember, Winnipeg's got they're they're in a battle with BC. They have to be play this as tight as they possibly can. And so I'm going to come in with two different game plans. My first half, which I will then double in the second half if it's working, is to simply use the stuff that got you to this point. Um, do use the stuff that that got you that big win over Saskatchewan a couple of weeks ago. Use the stuff that uh, allowed you to beat up on the Lions and their win over the Lions. Those are the plays that I, I'm going to come out with the exact same ones, same formation, same look, even though Toronto's seen them on film because I believe 
that Winnipeg will have the personnel advantage in this one. Now, that said, I also am going to keep some stuff in, in my pocket uh, if need be. If this game is tied at half or if Toronto is ahead at half, uh, and now I need to pull out the stuff that I was hoping not to use, but this is the do not break in case of emergency, and uh, unless, well, I don't know what that line is, whatever it says on the glass. <laughs> break in case of emergency. That's the do not break in case of emergency. <laughs> break in case of emergency. That's my break in case of emergency playbook. And that is sitting there for the second half. And that stuff, I, I think, there's where you're going to uh, use all your standard, like your cover two and cover three beaters, but you're going to disguise them well. You're going to run them out of different looks. You know, Toronto's going to probably run very vanilla stuff like they ran last week, base stuff. So go heavy on those trips concepts that Caleros can read in his sleep. And that's the stuff that you're going to try and hit Toronto with in the second half, if you need it. If not, you keep running that uh, Brady Oliveira stuff and, and, and running those rollout corner routes to Dalton Schoen, because that's what got you here. JB, what is the Bombers' plan on defense? Well, uh, I think uh, you are definitely going to turn the heat up. I think with the backup quarterback in and potentially some backup line, I think that that line is excited and are hungry and are going to eat. I think that there's going to be a ton of heat. Um, It's going to make running the ball hard which, of course, is then going to make throwing the ball also hard. Uh, I, I think it's going to get ugly. I think it's it's what happens when you don't have a really good quarterback in the CFL is that things, things go sideways in a hurry because you can't pass protect when the line knows you have to throw and you have to throw if you can't run and you can't run if you can't throw. That's a vicious cycle. <laughs> it is and then you lose so um you know you're hoping for everybody to be healthy but i think you know just defensively you you would just turn the heat up and i think you would bring blitzes from everywhere i mean i would think that uh you would probably bring out blitzes that you would you know practice blitzes that you would never plan to use in a game i would i would guess that winnipeg um you know i know they don't want to show much either but i would i would bet that they're not that happy about being treated like an exhibition game. So I think, I think there is a danger that they could really get after the quarterback. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure what you do. Uh, you know, you can kind of screen your way out, but it's going to be, going to be rough sledding. I, I do think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be like they're. I think they're going to go nuclear, sort of like they did with with Saskatchewan uh, in the Banjo Bowl. Like I, I think they're going. I think they're going to come out so fired up in this. But but again, I think it's an amazing test, like an amazing opportunity for these guys. And someone will someone will thrive. Someone's going to stand out. They, they will. Someone will look good that we weren't expecting to see. Maybe it's Cam Dukes. Maybe it's someone else. Someone will impress us in this game, and we'll be like, oh, you know what? We maybe we wrote this person off, or maybe we thought we knew who they were. And yeah, and we I mean didn't. that'll be huge, right? I mean, I think if if Dukes can make a couple of early throws to 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 turn the temperature down, that will probably be good for the rest of the game. And that first quarter is going to be so huge. If 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 he can't turn that heat down, it's going to be a problem. But what a discovery it would be! Like if Dukes does have a good game, if Dukes is in this game in the second half. What a huge boost that would be for Toronto because I don't think a lot of people are expecting that. Um, I I like Dukes. I like Scott. I think there's... I, I'm really interested in them. I I think 
I'm nervous because they don't have the experience that I would like in a second string quarterback because I don't think either of them is really a, a second string quarterback yet. Uh, they just haven't had the experience to tell me that. But what a, an amazing boost it would be to find out that, you know what, Cameron Dukes, is he's going to be just fine. And if if he can even hang around against this Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense, that will be huge. Looking at the Toronto offense, so I think what I want to see from, from Toronto is stuff that is, and I, and I think we will, stuff that is catered to Cameron Duke's skill set. I want to see him move the pocket. We remember watching, like when we watched him in preseason, Dukes was great when his hair was on fire. Like when he was running around scrambling and if things were chaotic downfield, he looked great. He put a couple of really nice drives together in Hamilton. Uh, we saw we saw that out of him in training camp a little bit as well uh, and in the, the Ottawa game. It's, it's those opportunities where he gets to leave the pocket and things start to break down where he shines. You can't, you don't, you don't call plays like that. You don't call a play that's going to just turn into chaos. That's not the plan. That will naturally sort of organically happen on its own sometimes with quarterbacks like this. But you want him out of the pocket. You want to create some of the stuff that he's comfortable with. So get him on the move. I want to see rollouts. I want to see misdirection. I want to see naked bootlegs. I, I, you know, anything you can do to, it's not really so much about changing the launch point. It's about putting him on the edge and getting him to threaten run. And if Winnipeg has to start bringing up their corners or their halfbacks to account for Dukes, now he's going to throw the the, the ball over their heads and, and score some points. So I want to see that sort of offense. And that's not the offense that Coach Dinwiddie has designed for Chad Kelly. We haven't seen, Chad rolls out every so often to his right, and that's about all we see in terms of pocket movement. For the most part, he hangs back in the pocket, he's well protected by his offensive line, and he makes the throw. Every so often he rolls to his right, makes the throw. So I want to see some different stuff. I want to see designed runs as well, draws, throw all that in there, but make it stuff Dukes does well. Whatever concepts you feel he throws well in practice, providing they've been seen before their plays that Toronto has run call that stuff that's what I want to see from from uh, Toronto as an OC what's your defensive plan for the Argonauts uh I mean I'm sure that the coaching staff is quite happy to punt on this game because when you look at Winnipeg other than the games where they seem you know flat or tired or bored um, or whatever it is that causes them to lose these random games to the East. Um, they do not have very many weaknesses. I mean, they are unbelievable in the air. Um, you know, Oliveira has been a fantastic find for them. They grind on the ground. The offensive line is uh, physical, uh, is able to pass protect. Oof. When they are going full steam, they, yeah, they are... Um, impressive you know the only thing they don't really have is they're they're not sort of knocking people out with their special teams but i i you know so i'm glad i'm sure they're glad to have some time to see it up close to see the people you know live and in front of them to to get a sense of what they're going to do here i i think you're you know really i think what i would use this game to do is to work on deep zone coverage um winnipeg likes to throw the ball deep um, Toronto has had some issues um, getting deep, so I think you're looking to bring some guys into the secondary and you know be able to to run some you know a few complicated things back there and maybe a little more 
switching off or some some different looks. I know you don't you want to stay relatively vanilla, but um, I do think it's an opportunity against a team that likes to throw the ball deep a lot to to work on your deep pass coverage and your 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 umbrella or your sort of um, you know if you're your cover three shell or or whatever it is that you're running, whatever version you're running of of keeping things in front of you. Um, that that would be my focus. I think the line is going to do what the line does, and the linebackers are going to do what they do. I, I, I'm I'm not worried about the run. I think that the you know barring half the line sitting, the front is the front. The front will keep the Argos in the game, and uh, I think you know they did, they don't need to be schemed. They are they're just so good at what they do. I'm sure coach loves it. I mean, they, they don't need to be schemed because they have talent. They're just, they blow up blocks. They shoot gaps. They, you know, they are dominating. Um, they are dominating their, their guys at the point of attack. So you don't need to come up with anything clever to get pressure. You just, you know, pick it is just faster than any of the offensive linemen are able to pick up with, or went to McManus is just stronger than anybody on earth. Um, so I think the front takes care of business. That would be my focus is really take away that deep pass. Um, don't let Winnipeg kind of make a circus of it if we can. My one thing this week is really simple. It is show no new plays. I don't want there to be a single moment watching this game on Friday night where I see a play that I haven't seen run before. We've seen every single play the Toronto Argonauts have run in every game from preseason game number one all the way through to last week. I have a pretty good sense of what they've got um, and what they don't have and what they've run and what they haven't run. Nothing new, not a single play, unless you're setting something up. But I won't know that. And so I'll be angry at the time that I'm seeing something new. So, um, you know, maybe down the road, I'm okay with it. But for this, yeah, nothing new. Run the stuff you've run before. It can be from anywhere. You pick and well, choose. I, pick and choose. Like all season I love long. That, uh, I love that Ed Reed story where he talks about running things wrong on purpose yeah. because he knew Peyton Manning studied film. So he would he would purposely mix in wrong plays because he wanted them to think that that was how he was going to react to it. So, and then he burned him with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I might be a little 4d chess, but yeah, I think if you want to give him a look where like, okay, well we see this look, we're going to switch to this, which we're never going to do again. Yeah. I think that that's, there's that in the mix. What's your one thing? Uh, you know, <laughs> this season has been, uh, pretty triumphant and they definitely have checked off a lot of one thing so i definitely have to tip my hat uh to the guys because when i come up with one thing they're they're really pretty good at it um i'm gonna say keep winnipeg is basically average to 30 plus passes a game and i'm gonna try and keep them under two so i'll give you i'll give one being uh benevolent but i'm gonna say winnipeg under two plus 30 passes where, where's that fan duel? <laughs> On that note, uh, no, we're not quite. We're not quite to our. We're not quite to our betting segment yet. But let's let's our get into our unaffiliated betting segment. Right, right. That does not have a sponsor to it. Um, <laughs> let's get to predictions. So uh, I I don't see this one going very well for Toronto. I, I think they're okay with that. Like I said, it would be perfectly fine with me. I have 
I've done the same thing in the same situation when I've locked up a spot or I can't move up or down as a coach. I've run very vanilla, very boring things, much to the chagrin of anyone scouting and trying to uh, glean anything from it. And so, you know, unfortunately, you don't usually win games like that. And that's what I think is going to happen this week. Uh, I've got Winnipeg 34, Toronto 13. I don't think this one is particularly close. What no, about you? I, I agree. I, I, I do think I think it would have been a, a titanic task um, to go in with all the thing, you know, to go in, Winnipeg coming off a bye, coming off a loss. Um, I think it's going to be a lot. Of, I think it's going to be hard without without uh, Chad Kelly in there. Uh, I think this continues the under 19 uh, streak or at least domination. So I, I do have Winnipeg uh, winning 35-14. Uh, so you, well, you're giving them each one more point than I give them? Yeah. All right. Very good. Um, yeah, and I, I think, like, I do think, like, if this game mattered to Toronto, if this if this was, they're in a, if they're in a fight with Montreal, let's say right now, and they went in there full and had all their guys ready to go. Um, I think I would pick Toronto. I do think they're the better football team when everyone's playing. But even then, I think it would be tight. I think it's such a tough place to play. Winnipeg coming off a bye. I think with a fully healthy Toronto team, it's coming down to that last possession. He, and, so. and, and I think that nobody's trying to lose and everybody's trying to win for sure. But to beat a team like Winnipeg takes so much preparation and so much work and so much scheming. And when you're not doing that level of scheming, I think. Well, you're handcuffed, right? Like you even, even a talented team like Toronto, I think that playing a team like Winnipeg, if you are not scheming the life out of it, you're, you're going to come up really short. It is time for your favorite segment, JB. It is put me down for 20. <laughs> How about put me down for five? <laughs> yeah, well, we're getting to that stage. We have not been on fire. Um, so over the last, just, yeah, looking at this, over the last three weeks, JB, you and I are combined one of 12 uh, over the last three weeks. So we have been losing our shirts. Entertainment purposes only. Yeah, if there, there's, <laughs> you know, we, we, I've got a disclaimer that I'm going to read you anyway, but... If you if you just listen to our numbers over the last three weeks, that's a pretty good disclaimer on our, on its own. So while gambling can be a fun way to enhance your sports viewing experience, it is important to do so responsibly. Set a budget, never bet more than you're happy to lose, an amount that you would view as a cost of entertainment. And you can always call the Ontario Problem Gambling Helpline, one 230 3505 So we were both 0 for 2 last week. From our original 200 golden fleeces, JB, you are down to 33. Uh, I'm still up at 294, thanks to an early run. Uh, nothing lately has been very good. I, um, yeah, I've lost like 40 straight golden fleeces or something like that. Yeah, I'm, again, I hope Zeus, uh, you know, is reasonable in his uh, interest on the VIG uh, for a new marker. Yeah, well, we're gonna see. Uh, we're gonna see if you have to visit the ATM or something like that and get some more golden fleeces. So, um, what do you have this week with your golden fleeces? Oh gosh. Um, well, I guess I'm gonna uh, start with uh, with our Argonauts. Um, I think that uh, on I'm looking at it in different things. It wasn't as much juice as kind of I'd hoped, um, but uh, and despite. I, I guess being a little down on Dukes, um, I have, I'm, I'm in. Once again, my bet showing no relationship to my opinion or analysis. 
Um, I'm well, going to go with... This worked well for you. <laughs> that's, why, that's why my family has no golden fleeces. Uh, I'm going to go with Dukes, plus 170, anytime touchdown. I think that, uh, he, you know, he's going to get a goal line chance. I think that they're definitely going to want to get him to run the ball in. I can just imagine him being lifted up by linemen. Uh, I just, I see it in my mind's eye. Dukes, anytime touchdown. And what about your other 10 golden fleeces? How are you throwing them away? <laughs> exactly. I will be burning those um, in the Montreal-Ottawa game where I have them both scoring two touchdowns and two field goals at plus 185. All right. I can see that. I can see that happening, actually. I don't mind. Well, I actually, I've, Honestly, I like both your bets, but that doesn't say much because I've liked most of your bets the last three weeks mm. and and mine and neither has come through so um i've actually got the same argos bet as you i that just jumped off the page when i saw that in the number duke's touchdown i, I think if they're going to score a touchdown at some point it's it, they're they're not going to get shut out they're going to score points maybe a few touchdowns duke's is going to get an opportunity at the one he's the quarterback sneak guy anyway plus he actually runs it as well so there's a chance that he runs it in from like 15 yards out or something too so i i like that number plus 170 that's 10 of my golden fleeces we're both in on that the other one i've got 10 golden fleeces on tim white over 68 and a half receiving yards uh, i think you know calgary's secondary i feel like hamilton can take advantage of tim white really wasn't targeted a lot last week it's been talked about a lot over the last few days. I expect Tim White to come out and have a, at least a heavily targeted game. And he's a good enough receiver that if you target him enough, he's going to get his yards. So I, I like that number for my 10 golden fleeces. It is time for our CFL picks. JB, you were 3-1 and one last week. I was 2-2. Two and two. I am now 40-23 and 23 on the season. You're just one back, 39-24, and 24, with a chance to even it up or go ahead this week. Uh, let's go through these. So uh, Toronto at Winnipeg. I've picked Winnipeg for this one. You have as well. The second yeah. game, Saskatchewan at BC. How are you seeing this one? Uh, I like BC. I think uh, I think that they are the better team. I think they need the win. Um, they are great at home. I, I like all of that reason. Yeah, and I, I think it's it is tough to go two straight road games. Saskatchewan is just hanging on by a thread right now. Anyway. I like Saskatchewan way more than I thought I did at the beginning of the season. I just think this is too tough a spot for them. And uh, the spread reflects that as well. But I will take BC to win this game. Montreal at Ottawa. Uh, I'm going to take Ottawa in this one. Last time, Montreal won by a point. I think it was 25-24 in Ottawa. I feel like the Red Blacks are a slightly better team. Montreal is, is riding high after their win in Calgary last week. I think... Like you said earlier in the podcast, hard to beat the same team multiple times. They went in there, beat Ottawa the first time. I think Ottawa evens that out with a close win this week. Where do you see it? Uh, I do not. I think Montreal is the better, uh, you know, much like BC, I think Montreal is better than Ottawa. Uh, they need it more than Ottawa does. I think Ottawa still fights hard, but I think Montreal gets it done. I have Montreal there on the road. And the last game of the week, Calgary at Hamilton. I've got Hamilton simply because I think they're kind of just going like an every other week thing. They played <laughs> yeah. so well against that was, Winnipeg. That was exactly, that was exactly flat, what yeah, I went with. Flat last week against Toronto. I think they may come out and just like scorch Calgary this week. Yeah, so. again, they they definitely do not seem to enjoy playing the Argonauts, but are much better against the rest of the league. 
Um, Calgary coming east. I don't know what to make of Calgary. Um, uh, you know, they they flash sometimes. You know, there was no result in this game that would surprise me, but nonetheless, I'm going to take Hamilton. Yeah, without the Argonauts, Hamilton would be, what, six and four this year on the season? Yeah, um, they, 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 they look good, but they just look so flat and so terrible when they play the Argonauts, which is too bad since they play the Argonauts nine times a year. You got to watch this game Friday night. I can't guarantee it's going to be a great game. I will guarantee there's going to be some stuff in there that you won't want to miss. I think there are going to be opportunities there. There are going to be players that we see. Uh, we're going to get a chance to actually evaluate Cameron Dukes properly. And those are the reasons that you've got to tune in for this one. Plus, I think it's a great, a great opportunity to see uh, exactly what Winnipeg has lined up because I think there's a good chance. I think there's a very good chance they will be there in the Grey Cup. And hopefully Toronto can get there to meet them for the second time this season. That will just about do it for us on this episode of the X's and Argos podcast. For JB, this is Ben Grant saying so long and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya. Go Toronto Argos, go, go, go. Pull together, fight the fight.